I was born again in a in a church uh, uh, in the Deliverance Center in Portland. Men was out of the street all the time. <laughs> Uh, the pastor got hit with a beer bottle more than once. I don't know why he kept getting hit. But, but uh, anyhow, he had to go to court one time because uh, they gave him a ticket for being loud and obnoxious. And he said to the judge, he defended himself, he said, Judge, he said, please explain to us what loud and obnoxious means. And the judge says, well, I guess it's anything nobody wants to hear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it can be loud and obnoxious, so... You know, but there's so much that, that I believe we can do for Jesus, and it's not in these walls. It's getting out. It's, it's, it's saying, Lord, lead us and help us, you know, to win the loss for Jesus Christ. I think the church for so long has been swapping members. All of a sudden, we have 50. Ten came from the assemblies, and five came over here, and seven from over here. And, and wow, we're growing, but the body of Christ isn't really growing. The body of Christ grows when people come out of the world and, 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 and find Jesus Christ. And these altars become filled with tears, and people's sorrows are spilled out. And the reception of Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord, let that happen again in this, in this country. Let it happen again, Lord God, I pray in Jesus' name. I was, we have a, a man, his name is Gabriel, and he's over in Africa. And he's, we do prayer every Wednesday, and he's always on the prayer conference with us. And he's talking about uh, they just baptized 20 uh, and he said, we got another 10 all of a sudden. Now we got to baptize. You know, uh, they're growing and that people are coming f out of the world. And they're coming to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Lord, let that happen here in America again. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah. I want to share a little bit this morning from the book of Judges. Uh, Judah was the first judge after Joshua. He was a successor of Joshua. And, uh, and we see that this was a time when God governed by judges. Um, and uh, Joshua had, had ushered that time of the judges in. And we know that, uh, that God, what it was is he had judges, but it was a theocracy was the rule, not democracy, you know, not a republic. It was theocracy. In other words, God was totally in control. How many know we need God to be totally in control again today? I'm not talking about the United States or anything. I'm talking about our own lives. And we know that what happened with Israel is you ever hear people say, I want to be like them. I want to be normal. And, and and so Israel, here they had everything. I mean, they had God, they had they had uh, power and prestige and, and and they were a force in the world to be reckoned with. And yet they said to Samuel, they said, we don't want to be ruled by a judge. We want a king like everybody else has. And Samuel said, well, you know, 
that if you choose a king, he's going to take your properties. He's going to take money out of your out of your purses. He's going to do it. They said, we don't care. We want a king. And and God gave. And then we have the books of the kings. First uh, and second Samuel, first and second uh, Chronicle Kings and first and second Chronicles. Uh, of the other history of the kings but we're going to go back here to the beginning of the book of judges it said now now after the death of joshua it came to pass the children of israel asked the lord saying who shall go up uh, for us against the canaanites for us to fight against them in other words what they were asking was who will be the leader who will be the one uh, that we will follow uh, against the enemies. And the Lord said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I have delivered the land unto his hand. And Judah said to Simeon, his brother, come up with me unto my lot, that we may fight against the Canaanites. And I, I likewise will go with thee unto thy lot. So Simeon went with him, and Judah went up. And the Lord delivered the Canaanites into their hand. And jo- and, and and get get back over here, make sure I didn't skip a page. I think I did. There we go. And the Prezes and, and the Prezesites and uh unto their uh, hand. And they slew of them in Bezek ten thousand men. And they found, and I want to pronounce his name right, is Adonibzek. 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 That flows after a minute, uh, but it's not a word or, or I, don't, I haven't had any children named Adonibzek. Um, but it says here, and they found Adonibzek in Bezek, and they fought against him, and they slew the Canaanites. And the Prezazites. And Abu. Oh, let me get it again. I had it a minute ago. Abu Nizak fled, and they pursued after him and caught him and cut off his thumbs and his great toes. And Abu Nib. Niz- Boy, that doesn't flow that well. Abu Nibzak said. Three score and ten kings, having their thumbs and their great toes cut off, gathered their meat under my table. And I have done so. God hath requited me, and they brought him to Jerusalem. <coughs> Excuse me. And there he died. Oh, we got that. So what we realize in this is God chose Judah... And the name in the original Hebrew is Yehoada, which means a hand or an arrow or a weapon to be thrown. Coming to know God, we know he has weapons today, and they are his sons, and they are used mightily. And I'll tell you right now, we can be used mightily. He was there. He was willing and, and and he obviously had proven himself. I'm going to tell you something about being used of God is you have to prove yourself. Now, God loves you, and he already knows. 
<laughs> but the fact is, is obviously Judah had been faithful and he had proven himself and God was going to use him as a weapon against the Canaanites. Can you imagine a moment uh, that, that you're you know, that you're invited to, uh, to 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 a banquet? And I want to talk about Abonibzek. Uh, um, he was an evil king, and I'll I'll spell it A B O N I B E Z E K. Ab Ab Abonibzek. Oh boy, I should have practiced that for three hours. Um, <laughs> He was a he was an evil king and he was ruthless. And the Bible says that whatever you sow, you shall reap in Galatians six, seven. It said, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth. He shall also reap. And, and this man even admitted it. I've done that to 70 kings. And here now it's done to me. In other words, it's come back upon me. And, and so often. When people are out and do evil, it comes back on them. Um, but he was an evil king. He was he was ruthless. He caused the kings that he had conquered to be chained to a table begging for food. You see, the king threw a piece of meat to a group of men. They were bound and he would he would he would have fun with them. He would demasculate them. He would he would uh, emasculate them. He would uh, tear them down. He would make them uh, wish they were never born because he got pleasure and he got joy from that. You see, that's how the enemy is. You notice something particularly strange about each of these men as they tried to pick up the food. They didn't have thumbs and they didn't have big toes. Could you imagine with these hands, to put your thumb away and try to use your hand to pick it up. It gave him pleasure to watch them in their misery. They were missing their thumbs. They were missing their big toes. And I'm sure their wounds were open and undressed, causing great pain and infection. He said, who are these? So we ask, who are these men? They are 70 kings who, uh, who uh, Abednibzek had conquered in battle. The reason for this is found in the meaning of his name, Abednibzek, a Canish king. And it means, my lord, lightning. But what we got to realize about lightning, lightning is a tremendous power that lasts but for a short time. Every man's years are numbered. I want you to know I don't care how great he gets. I was reading last night about Rockefeller and how his father was a, a womanizer and, and, and used to run a cart around selling uh, cancer cures and stuff, you know, uh, and, and he did those. But, but what... Uh, uh, Rockefeller said his I am destined to be rich and they said he was very wealthy and and, and he became very rich and and he became very powerful and and some of this new world globalism was was uh, was started by him and others but you know something his days were numbered he's not here today all the power all the prestige all the money everything that he had ever accumulated in life was left to another because we only have a short season. 
And the Bible says what we do, we must, we must do for the Lord. We need to realize, and young people out there realize this, that you can, you can chase money, you can chase uh, happiness and, and all of that, but I will tell you this, if you will serve the Lord at the end of your life, you'll find it much more rewarding because the things of this world cannot give pleasure. So we find that he, his name means my Lord Lightning. With great speed, he could conquer his enemies. He was a power to be reckoned with, but God always has a people. I'm going to tell you this right now. God always has a people. The sad state of these 70 uh, sovereigns or kings, they were defeated. When Satan rules and defeats, he's ruthless. Never, uh, uh, whenever he rules, there is mass murder, there is genocide, and he dis because he despises God's creation, though he has no choice but to use it, for he can create nothing of himself, for he is but a created being himself. So we need to understand and realize that wherever you look in the world, wherever the enemy seems to be flourishing, there's always mass murder. There's always genocide. Uh, there's always uh, concentration camps and in any horrible thing that you can think of. They could have been ambushed. They could have been outmanned. They could have been outsmarted. They could have been underarmed. In Ezekiel 28.3, said, Behold, thou art wise than Daniel. There is no secret that they can hide from thee. There's no secret they can hide from thee. And I could take you there, and I was going to read it, but I don't think I will. I'm going to leave that for you. Go to Ezekiel when you get a chance, 28.1 through 10. And you're going to see how Satan himself is described. And it says, you are wiser than Daniel. And I will tell you this, that our wisdom never matches his wisdom. But the wisdom of Christ that lives in me is greater than anything he could imagine or muster up. They were dethroned. These men were uh, meant to rule. They were of royal blood and had, given, had been given a throne. They were then disabled, no thumbs, they couldn't hold a sword in battle, no toes, they couldn't stand and fight or run. They were disgraced. Once a king with royal treatment, now a beggar with humiliation. We see defeat, dethroned, disabled, and disgraced. You see, the corresponding uh, condition of many Christians today we, I don't believe that it is by accident that this story appears in Scripture or that the king's name means Lord of Lightning. Satan is described as lightning. And we know that because he says in Luke ten eighteen, it says, And he said unto them, I beheld Satan like lightning falling from the heavens. If Satan is like lightning, then what hope do we have? In First John 4, 4, it said, Ye are of God, little children, 
and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. How many believe that? Amen. In Revelations 1.6 says that Christ hath made us kings and priests unto God. He's made us royalty. He's, put, he's made us in his image. But I'm asking, do we rise to such an occasion? Paul said, look, I'm the chiefest of sinner. He said, if I was to measure myself, I'm less than the least. He said, but this one thing I tell you, I am chiefest of apostles. And what we need to understand is, Lord, that we would take our place with boldness. But what keeps us from the boldness? You see, some have been outsmarted. In Ephesians 6, 11, it says, Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the, dev of the devil. And the word wiles there is how clever he is. I think of the wily coyote and, and, and how wily he was. because he wasn't all that wily. The roadrunner outsmarted him every time. Um, but the fact of it is, is that that we're able to stand against the wiles of the devil. In 2 Corinthians 2, 11, it says, Lest Satan should get advantage of us, for we are not ignorant concerning his devices. That Paul, Paul said that, you know, that the devil can get leverage on us. He can uh, overcome if we allow him to do That's why we need to have this, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery, amen. And, and, and what he is saying here is that we need to have the mind of Christ. He said to the disciples as they were in the boat in the, in the uh, Sea of Galilee, and they were about to sink. They thought, sure, these are uh, seasoned fishermen, and they're about to sink. And they woke Jesus up, sleeping in the bow of the boat, and said, Carest thou not that we perish? And Jesus got up and looked at them, and he said, Oh, ye of little faith. And the Bible said he spoke to the waves, and they ceased, and he spoke to the winds, and they, and, and they stopped blowing. And they looked at him and said, what manner of man is this that we have? You know, I think as Christians, we've got to realize, what manner of man is this that, in, that abides within me? The power of Jesus to go forward. In Hosea 4, 6, that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because they reject knowledge. I'll also reject thee, he said, that thou should be no more priest to me, seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. I mean, that's powerful, isn't it? Israel had backslid into a state to where they begun to change the word. You know, the word of God is, he said, the word of God will stand forever. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never cease. We need to look at the word and say, Lord, help me to measure up to your word and not your word to me. 
I hear more and more as the days go on, people say, well, you know, that was the old days. Things are more modern today. No, things are more sinful today. But they call sin modern. Some have been underarmed. In Ephesians 6.13, said, Therefore take you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand the evil days, and having done all to stand. What? Stand therefore. You see, God has called us as, as warriors in this world. He didn't call us into this world so that we could just wait for Jesus to come. Oh, Lord, I'm here just to endure. I'm here just to, you know, I'm, I'm just waiting. Well, I want you to know the Bible said that we are a force to be reckoned with. We are the ecclesia of God. But many Christians have been dethroned. We were meant to rule and to reign in Christ, but we have allowed the Lord of lightning to cut off our thumbs and our big toes. In many ways. Sin of not trusting the Lord. Like worry. Um, the, the, the devil. I'm going to tell you. I've, I've heard people say to me. Well you know. I, I had a difficult time. And it, it kept me from, from, from coming to the house of God or something else. And what I say is this. If it works, he'll do it again. I've seen people have a flat tire every Sunday. And I said, you got to get it after a while. The enemy's got your number, and he knows what keeps you from doing the things that are important. Could be headaches, it could be this, it could be that. And that's why we need to resist the devil, and the Bible said he'll flee from you. Sins of the flesh. Saved, but not on the throne. As Dr. Ron Cottle said uh, in our last uh, um, college class on what is the anointing and how to receive it, he said there'll be many slackers or there'll be many slackers in heaven. I mean, and, and let me give you some scripture to this. In Mark 4, 8, it says, Then other fell on good ground and yielded fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30, some 60, some 100. And so what that tells you is not everyone's going to hit 100. I don't know that I've hit 100. I'd like to. I have to pray and say, God, give me, help me that I would have a desire, that I would want to say, this is not what satisfies. I want to do the will of the Lord. Lost the ability to use the sword of the Spirit. Lost the ability to stand and to go forward in victory. Satan comes along and pushes you, and you fall over. 
fall to every temptation, keeping you from serving God or from standing, as it says in Ephesians 6.14. Many Christians have been disgraced. I was just reading last night that this couple that were the head of the church were were being uh, uh, convicted of wire fraud and, and several other crimes because they sneakily changed the, they went down to the register of deeds and changed the church into their name. And the congregation caught them. This is the stuff that can go on. I want you to know something. It, it belongs to the Lord. I don't want to commit the sin of, of, of uh, the king of Babylon who took the, the, the things out of the temple and they used them to get drunk and to have orgies and everything else. I'll tell you right now, God was displeased with that. I want to go to heaven with clean hands, don't you? I want to say, Lord, I've been faithful with what you've given me. Because it belongs to you. It's a sacrifice to you. It's an offering to you. And we want to continue to bless the Lord. But many will be disgraced. Maybe they've lost the testimony. Living like the world. We have a lot of secret surface Christians. I want to say something about that. I had a man one time, and I worked at Dielectric some years ago, and he was an engineer there. And when he found out on the building board that I was resigning from my position to go into full-time pastorate, number one, when it said the the qualifications uh, to replacement, I read those. I said, I should have got more money. (laughs) I didn't know I knew all this. But anyhow. Uh, uh, Dr. Brown was his name, and and I I love him, and I I pray that he's living for Jesus today. But he took me to lunch, and he said, I want to whisper something to you. He said, I want you to know that I'm a Christian. I don't let people know, but he said, I'm going to let you know I'm a Christian. And he said, the reason that I became a Christian is because I... Even though in science, in my, he had a doctorate in science, was one of the head engineers. His father actually was the one who, who had uh, formed the company and, and created the company. And he said, when it came to time, who wound up the clock? What is time? Why does it exist? Why does it keep ticking? He said, then I knew there's a creator. But the thing that we need to realize is we don't need to be secret service Christians. We need to be bold. In Luke 1133, it says, no man, when he hath lit the candle, put it under a secret place, neither under a bushel, but puts it upon a candlestick that they which come may see the light. Why do people hide their light? I'm going to tell you this right now, because when you expose your light, you will attract the enemy. 
When you expose the light, you will attract the enemy. And many feel disqualified to, to, to deal with the enemy, and so they hide their light because they don't feel adequate. And why? Because we haven't fully committed ourselves to him. The reason so many Christians today would say there are no demons is because they're afraid to deal with them. I've seen a man put his hands on a on, on a barrel that was made. It was one of the 55-gallon drums. Cut side, they put a door in it and they put wood in it, and it was glowing. And I watched this man put his hands right on that thing and not get burned, just to show. I mean, the power of the enemy that was in him. But you know, God delivered him. I've seen people that, that had issues. And you know something? The Bible said, we are the salt of the earth. And if we lose our saltiness, what good are we but to be cast out and tread under the foot of man? A church without power. A church without strength. A church that, that, that is in name only. You know, we come, we congregate, we, we sing, uh, you know, for 45 minutes. We take up an offering and we, we, we say a, a cute message and, and, and we call that the end of it. I want you to know we're in a battle today, people. We're in a battle today. There are people that are going to hell every day. Years ago, up on Congress Street, out witnessing for Jesus, I went into a, a crowded McDonald's up there. It was right in the middle of the city up there, and I went in. And there was no seats hardly to be found. And I had met two Catholic people, and they, admi they were admiring my boldness to go out and preach. And they said, we'd love to have lunch with you. So we're talking, and, 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 and they're listening to me. And I said, you know, you need Jesus. They said, well, we've got Christianity. We've got religion. I said, you need more than religion. And they, I was having a very difficult time convincing them. And a man walked up, wide-eyed. All his hair down down here. I mean, totally disheveled. And he screamed out and he says, he says, there's a battle out there and the blood is running down the street. And those two begun to snicker, thinking this guy's lost his mind. Immediately I looked at him and I says, yes, there was a battle going and there's blood running down the street. I said, there are people falling into hell. It's a real battle. But Jesus said, you can be one of his warriors. I had all three of them in church at night. <laughs> two Catholics wondering what it is <laughs> they needed more of. And the man that needed Jesus. You see, we need to have the boldness to go out into the world. Amen. If you look at the, the, the New Testament, Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. He presented the kingdom of God. But what does the kingdom of God look like? Does it look like the modern church? If you read the Gospels, if you read uh, the epistles, you will find that they went out in the highways and the byways. They, found, they did more work outside than they do inside. 
And I'll tell you, we need to we, we need to look at that again and say, Lord, I want to be effective in the day that I live. But the thing you've got to realize is the reason that some will hide their light under a bushel is because or under the covers is because they don't want to attract the enemy because they're afraid. The Bible said perfect love casts out all fear. Well, their behavior doesn't match with what they say. I don't mean to be negative this morning. But I want us, I want to encourage us to realize where there is breath, there is hope. Amen. I, we, we were listening to a preacher just yesterday who said that he'd begun to coast. He'd begun to rely on the words of the past. He was very knowledgeable in the word and, and he had no problem, but he wasn't seeking. He wasn't anymore uh, 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 looking for the Lord uh, and he said, and God had to rebuke him. And he's also the one who said that, he said, Lord, find whatever is wrong in me. And he said, and when the Lord is done, there were 74 things. <laughs> Whoo, that's quite a list to walk off of. How many of us are willing to be honest with the Lord and say, God, you write the list and I'll cross them off. You write the list and I'll cross them off. As painful as it may seem. Because the Bible said, unless you die to yourself, you'll never live in him. The Bible said, he who seeks to save his life will lose it. But he that will lose his life for my sake, he shall find life. He shall find purpose. When we begin to coast, we get weary. The Bible said, don't be weary in well-doing. We need to be recharged on a daily basis. I was hearing a young man last night, and he had one of those YouTube videos. And he said, in 19, and, and 2019, he said, we lost our home. We lost everything. He said, I ended up living with my parents. And he said, I was so heartbroken, hurting. He said, but the thing that, uh, that I learned through all of that is to begin to do my prayer walks in the morning. To begin to look to Jesus. Begin to ask the Lord, you know, to, to fill me and to speak to me. And he said, I want you to know it didn't happen all at once. But eventually, I know that I was walking with the Lord himself. And he filled me with a new rene uh, renewal. He gave me a strength. And today, he said, here I am, a simple street, pre street preacher. And now I'm one of the most uh, popular people on YouTube. You see, we've got to take those steps. The one thing we need to understand is if you want more, you've got to recognize that you don't have it all. If you want more, you've got to admit that you don't have it all. So many times I've, I've heard people say, well, I'm just sitting around till Jesus comes. I'm all right. The world's all wrong. You know, God doesn't want us sitting around. 
You know, the Bible said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. But let me talk about waiting for a minute. Could you imagine if you hired a waiter in a restaurant and he interpreted his job as a waiter to be sitting in the kitchen all day swinging his feet? And they said, well, how come you're not outside? Because well, I'm just a waiter. I'm waiting. Well, he wouldn't be there long. You know, they that wait upon the Lord. What does that mean? They that serve the Lord. They that would be like Judah. They that will say, I am Simeon. Let me tell you what, brother. You come with me. We'll take them down. And I'll come over and fight with you. Sounds like a plan. See, that's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be sons. We wonder, why is it that we go through? You know, life is tough. I'm not going to kid you. Life isn't easy. When I got up at 5 o'clock this morning, I dreaded that, <laughs> that driveway. And it was a mess, and it took forever, it seemed like, to get it cleaned up. You know, life isn't always easy. In fact, life isn't easy. You have to get up. You've got to go. Hearing from a young man who's trying to get free of, of drugs. and So what are you doing? I'm looking for disability. So many people looking for disability today. When you know something, I realize there are people. I don't want to. If you're on disability, I don't want to. You know, you very well may need it. But so many people that are looking for disability that really should be out in the war for Jesus. Want the easy way out. The power of our liberating Lord. In 1 Corinthians 15 and 57, it says, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. What did he say? Giveth us what? Victory. We already have it. You already have the victory. Victory, victory shall be mine. If I hold my peace, let the Lord fight my battle. Victory, victory shall be mine. I'm going to tell you what I have victory today in Jesus Christ. We got to remember that there are three things about our enemy. Satan or the devil. Satan is a definitive fact. Not a mythological character. Not a force or influence but a real person. He has life, intelligence, a will, and feelings. He is a destructive force. He is out to defeat Christianity, the ecclesia of the church, every family, and every person. And I want you to know that when you shine your light, you'll attract him. They say one thing about catching hornpout at night. If 
you put a little glow thing on your hook and that well that horn pout will come because he sees the light. How much of the devil's like a horn pout? It's first time I've ever made that analogy. But the thing we need to understand is that the light will attract the devil. Because the devil is persistent in putting out the light. So how do we gain victory? In 1 John 4 and 5, 1 John 5 and verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. If you can't speak it, you can't own it. If you can't believe it, you can never attain it. I know that God is able. And I know the enemy, he, he, he comes around roaring like a lion seeking whom he may devour. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Victory does not come by resolving. It does not come by renouncing. It does not come by redirecting. It does not come by regretting. Victory Comes by receiving. I say that again. Victory does not come by resolving. It does not come by renouncing. It does not come by redirecting. It does not come by regretting. It comes by receiving. There's power in the name of Jesus. But there is no power outside of him. I'm going to close with this verse right here. In John 16:33, we read, These things have I spoken unto you, that ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Why? As I've said before, if you say why fast enough, it becomes wham. A lot of people just want to spend their whole life whining about their misfortunes. They'll whine of why they can't go to church. Maybe they'll say the pastor didn't like me or somebody hurt me or they hit my car and didn't do anything or, or whatever the excuse might be. But I've always said this about an excuse. It's the skin of a reason stuffed with a lie. The fact of it is, is we only distance ourselves from the church and distance ourselves from others is because we don't rely upon the power of Jesus Christ. We have to trust him. We got to believe and you know something? The Bible says the believers of Christ are a peculiar people. The world looks at you as odd. Well, I don't want to be odd. I want to be normal. I want to wear my wiring glasses and, and my briefcase and, and look like the rest of the world. 
Well, Elisha didn't look like the rest of the world, wearing an old bear skin, or whatever it was, or camel. Some people say camel, but what it was, it was a fur of an animal. He lived in the wilderness. He was a peculiar person. And some people say that as a as a prophet, many times they would come and they would twirl their tunic or their or their bearskin or whatever they were wearing around and almost spit on themselves and begin to prophesy in the name of Jesus. Well, I don't want any of that stuff. I want you to know something. Whatever the Lord wants, I want. You know, it's time. We're living in a world that the, the, our country's falling apart at the seams. The devil seems to be having a heyday with our children. I watched a thing the other night, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost done here, but it was a, a professor of biology at Stanford University, and he asked the kids, and he had about 120 kids in his class. He said, how many of you believe in God? And he must have got several. They didn't have the camera looking out. He said, by the end of this class, you won't. And he begun to use trickery. And he was very clever. But see, I'm 62 years old, so I see through some of that stuff, and I've been serving the Lord a long time. But he begun to use trickery. And, 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 and I don't want to get onto this a long time, but what I'm saying to you is they're feeding these kids these lies. It's time we begin to feed the world the truth. It's time we let them know that stuff is foolishness. He said, professing to be wise, they've become fools, ignorant, boneheads. Whatever you want to call it. But I will tell you this. This Stanford professor, he was, his tongue was sharp. Deceiving. Manipulating. To try to get the minds of these young people. Get their minds twisted and warped. To tear it completely apart so that they're not sure of anything anymore. And then when he gets them to that stage, now he can rebuild in them his poison. That's what's going on in this way. That's what's going on in these universities. What he was teaching really had nothing to do with biology. It had everything to do with antichrist. That's the world we're living in today. And God is saying, who will stand up from my cause? Who will lead my people? Who will be a warrior in this last day? Do I have any, any Judas in this last day that will stand with Simeon and say, we'll go get your enemies and then we'll go get mine afterward? But we have to stand Against the wiles of the enemy. We've got to stand. Having that all to stand. To stand therefore in the name of Jesus. I hope I've encouraged you out there today. To realize who you are in Jesus Christ. The devil doesn't want you to find that. He wants to tell you that you just need to sit in your chair and rock. And when Jesus comes we're all going to go and be happy with him. And if, he, if the devil can convince you of that, you're no threat to him. You're saying, well, what can I do?
What can I do? Well, I think you have to answer that question. But surely there's something that I can do. Surely there's something. Maybe you're standing at the buffet and someone's sitting next to you and you tell them, well, the glory of the Lord is so great. It's so nice to be with Jesus. What if they don't like me? What if they reject me? You know what? Jesus said if they reject you, it's not you they're rejecting. It is me they're rejecting. Don't take it personal. I feel like I can't stop the sermon, but I have to. And, 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 I, and I love all of you very much. And, and I don't want anyone here to feel that somehow I'm beating you up. I'm hoping I'm encouraging you. To be like Jesus, all I ask, Lord God, is to be like you. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the Judas that stood up to go against the enemy. We thank you, Lord, that, that Abinazek... Lord, got what he got what he deserved because it represents the enemy, the devil. And Lord, we just pray, Father, that the the enemy is overcome through the power and the might that you've given us. Let us have a voice and stand. And Lord God, we know that your shield and your buckler will be raised up to our defense. And we trust you in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. God bless you.